sorry. I'm just going to start by saying sorry, uh, listeners. There is no proper podcast again this week. Um, we just, I mean, to be honest, it's all George's fault. He's just pissing about. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing his theatre stuff. He's going to shows. Uh, he's not returning my calls. It's a bit of a shitter, to be honest. Um, but fear ye not, because I'm here. It's a Paul special, a solo uh, crass and a half uh, with Paul Austin. George has done one. I can do one. A proper one this time and not one that's just cobbled together. So George won't feature at all in this episode. He won't be anywhere near it. Okay? Don't Obviously, he'll be editing it still, but he won't be anywhere. Apart from that, he won't be anywhere near it. Okay, I promise. Uh, and do you know what? Because I'm having a, I'm having a bit of trouble letting Paul's question time go. To be honest, that's part of the reason we haven't had an episode. I keep putting it off, George. I don't want to. Yeah, we could, let's not do another full episode because, to be honest, that's going to be the end of Paul's question time. So I'm having a bit of trouble letting go. But don't worry, I'll, I'll work this. Out. I'll pull myself together. All right, I'll deal with it. It's fine. So here's a little bonus. Uh, Paul's question time. Paul's question time. Paul's question time. Listeners, because George is here. Paul's question time. Which is the most annoying bird? Now, obviously, no one, there's no one there to answer that. But um, thankfully, today I asked um, a couple of friends uh, what they thought. And my um, friend Jenny Rigging said that it was the swan. And this is her message I'm going to read now. Because they trot around Britain like they own the place. They've got too many freedoms. Can't eat them or hunt them. It's ridiculous. Fucking Burks. So, obviously, she's got a bit. And then my friend Giles, he just wrote Ossuary. So, he didn't. I asked him to explain and he didn't. Is that how you pronounce it? Ossuary. I'm going to look this up, uh, listeners, live on the podcast. <laughs> Ossuary. Oh, no, that's a band. <laughs> oh, I've got the wrong thing. It's ossuary, isn't it? It's, what's the bird? Cut this bit, George. He's <laughs> ossuary. George. <laughs> I think it might be an old-fashioned term for a cassowary. Well, we'll just, we'll just stick with that then. We'll just go with that. So I can't remember where I was. There you go, listeners. Another pause question time. But fear ye not, listeners, we haven't just got a special bonus pause question time. We've also got a never-before-heard chapter of my autobiography, a chapter that's about crass, the origin of crass. Uh, so strap yourself in. It's Paul's autobiography. Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert. Chapter 3091, Origin of the Crass Species. I haven't spoken much about crass so far, but since reading extracts from this autobiography on the poddy, there has been some demand from the listeners, who are all morons without exception, to expand upon its birth. Attempting to articulate the thoughts and feelings that led to the creation of crass is complicated and, to be honest, tedious. Here's a chapter about it anyway. A note to the reader. This account is written entirely from my own point of view. I have not consulted with my colleague George while writing it because I generally like to keep my contact with him outside of recording to a minimum. 
He can put it in his own autobiography, which he won't, because he isn't a true writer, like moi, which is French for me. The truth is that neither myself nor George gave birth to Crass in the traditional sense. Expunge from your mind images of George ejaculating podcast semen into my vagina to fertilise a podcast egg in my womb. For the love of God, don't imagine me spread-eagled on a hospital bed, pushing a podcast child out of my loins while I grab George's hand and scream, You fucking bastard! You did this to me! Like they do on the telly. Nay, the seeds of crass were sown when I was but a child, which I know sounds a bit uncomfortable after the whole creation of a podcast is like sex metaphor, but just try and move past that, please. The year is 1999. Tony Blair has just spent millions of pounds on a shit dome sponsored by war profiteers. Y2K is the hot new thang on everybody's lips. And Ross Kemp, who achieved telly stardom with his role as slaphead Grant Mitchell in EastEnders, has just signed a £1 million deal with ITV. I was truly experiencing history, in real time, not like now, when it's well boring. It was a bitter day in January, and I'd gone to Manchester with my folks and my sisters. Come to think of it, this was my first ever visit to Manchester. If my family had chosen not to go for some reason, broken down car, meteorite, general apathy, then not only might Crass be non-existent, but I might never have chosen Manchester as my university city, and I might never have met George. I firmly believe in the many worlds interpretation, and I bet that the version of Paul who didn't visit Manchester in 1999 is much, much happier than I am. Fair play to the guy. We were on the Coronation Street set tour, God rest its soul, and after losing the frankly idiotic tour guide, I broke into the cabin to buy some fags. I had a very bad habit at the time. Inside, I bumped into Simon Gregson of Steve McDonald fame, who was writing in a well-used notebook which he hid behind his back as soon as he saw me. What are you doing in here? It's not a real shop, you shitter! He screamed, face bright red. There was no need for that. I was six years old. What are you writing, Steve MacDonald? I playfully inquired. His face turned an even darker shade of red, but this time out of embarrassment. A a plan? It's nothing? None of your business? Go away? What are you planning, Steve MacDonald? I'm your biggest fan. By rights, I ought to know! I lied. This left him a bit nonplussed. He scratched his head and studied my face, as if attempting to read it for lies. He clearly found nothing, as he handed me the notepad from behind his back. I've been chatting to Noddy Halder from Slade. We met a few years ago when he turned on the Blackpool Christmas lights, and we were tossing around the idea of doing something together. Detailed in the notebook was a very messy plan for a potential variety show hosted by Noddy Holder and Steve MacDonald, which was, weirdly, how the plan referred to Simon Gregson, despite the fact that Simon had written it himself. Like I say, the plan was messy, but Simon had come up with loose descriptions of several segments of the show. 1. Noddy sits behind a screen and Steve MacDonald has to guess what he's eating based on the sound it makes. 2. Noddy talks about his love life and Steve MacDonald occasionally jibes in with tips based on his own failed relationship with Fiona Middleton. 3. eBay Adventures. Steve recounts the many times he has tried and failed to buy Beanie Babies online. To be honest, it all sounded pretty shite. I threw the notepad back, disgusted. This is all bollocks! You'd do better playing Steve MacDonald your whole life! That last statement was meant to be sarcastic, but Simon took the criticism on board as if it were genuine and has been playing the character ever since. As for me, I came away from that unpleasant exchange a changed man. Simon Gregson's ideas were so unbelievably, tragically bad, yet he was still working in the world of showbiz. If he could do it, I could do it. I vowed to come up with an entirely original idea for a show, something that had never been done before. Fifteen years later, Crass was the result, though it was yet to bear that title. 
I'd found my own Steve McDonald at university in the form of George Walsh, a Mancunian no-hoper who desperately needed a straight man. He could also do all the technical shit that I, to this day, cannot be arsed with. He's also reasonably witty, I guess. We first performed together on MMU's student radio station, Hive Radio Manchester. It was basically shit, but they let us do a show every Wednesday whenever we felt like it. It was called The George and Paul Show, which was a frankly unbelievable title, given that I was the one doing all the heavy lifting. Interestingly, there was a third member of the team, Keanu Butterworth, a man who looked like Pauline Quirk and was about as funny. Myself and George would essentially spend the two-hour show mercilessly ripping into Keanu Butterworth, frequently bringing up his short stature and his stupid haircut, his total inability to speak to women, the fact that he wore a beret, which George once tore from his head and threw into the canal, and his dead sister. Honestly, the reasons to make fun of the guy were endless. It's my sad duty to inform you, dear listener, that all four shows that we did on Hive Radio Manchester are lost to time. They were not recorded or uploaded to the Hive SoundCloud page as promised, though to be honest, that's probably a blessing. After that, the world of podcasting seemed a natural progression. Everyone was doing it, so we figured that we could jump on the bandwagon. However, things had to change. Keanu was the first to go. We stopped answering his calls, and thanks to a few dodgy connections and a lockpick, he was kicked out of university. Last I heard, he'd moved back to Kent and got a job at his mum's brothel, cleaning carpets and bringing out bowls of nuts and that. The next thing that had to go was that ridiculous title. I was firm on this. I refused to record anything until we had a new title. George said he was fine with this, but when I threatened to hide his swatch, he relented pretty quickly. We kicked around a few new names. George and Paul Go Bananas, The Clive Swift Connection, Later, with George and Paul, Live, Cheap Show, but finally we settled on Crass. It had an exclamation mark and didn't imply that either one of us was better than the other. The rest is history. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of how we came up with every feature. The truth is, it is impossible to explain where these ideas came from. Ideas as bold and revolutionary as Lonely Hearts Club, eBay Adventures and Paul Eats Something and George Guesses What It Is almost seem to arrive fully formed for me. It might be different for George, ask him. I hope that Crass continues for a long, long time. Though not that much longer, it's been fun and all, but let's not push our luck, eh? And that is the end of that chapter of my autobiography. Well, listeners, it's the end. we've come to the end of another Crass and a Half, a solo episode. It was probably the best episode that's ever been done, just me. Um, maybe all of them should be like this. Maybe I should just do the whole thing solo. I think that would be a bit of an improvement. Oh, sorry, a bit of a burpee there. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. You can find us. That We'll be back next week. I mean, George will be back next week. Hopefully, I don't know. Uh, don't hold your breath, but we should be back next week with our final episode of season season three. I know you said season six then. That's just wishful thinking. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter uh, at The Crass Podcast. You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at Bumbledoon. That's Bumble, D-O-O-N. Um, and uh, what's, what else is there to do? Email. Oh, yeah, I forgot that bit. The email... Uh, crasspodcast at gmail.com if you've got any sort of queries about anything um, uh, i tell you what you could do just write in and say if you've preferred this episode without George um, he might read it, he might give up you know I have been here the whole time Paul <sighs> bye listeners
There you go. I hope that you can do something with that, George. 